I know what you're thinking. I know everything there is to know about Dean Ewan. I listened to episodes 1A and 1B of the Coliseum Chronicles podcast. Almost four hours later, there isn't possibly anything about Dean Ewan and his career that I don't know. Well, guess what? You're wrong. This is Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box Presents, Episode 9, 20 Questions with Dean Ewan. Let's go. Nystrom, Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sandstrom. Somebody better help Sandstrom. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions. You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh my, did Mick plant one on C-card. Wow. You can't put a bounty on a man's head. I just did. But just a minute, Al Arbor has won mm-hmm. four Stanley Cups, so don't start telling Al Arbor what to do, you and John Davison. Welcome back to Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box. I'm your host, Joe Lazito. So, the world's been pretty boring lately, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, um, I wanted to get this episode out Monday morning, and I was going to, uh, the plan was last week, I was going to do a little thing about um, how this coronavirus has uh, basically canceled sports and uh, every most leagues are saying postponed, but I think if we're being realistic, uh, I don't see any of the uh, winter sports leagues coming back. And uh, I know Major League Baseball said they're going to start late, and uh, football, I believe, pushed back the draft. So uh, I, I don't have much hope for the winter sports. I don't really care about basketball too much. I just don't see uh, I don't see hockey coming back. And uh, I was going to talk about that. It sucks, and uh, maybe. For next week's episode, I'll go uh, I'll go into it a little more in depth, but uh, I'm not going to talk long here. Um, I'm very happy that uh, I was able to get Dean Ewan back on the podcast. If you've listened to uh, my previous episodes, Dean was my first guest, and uh, we spoke for nearly four hours. And uh, I thought it was a great job by him, uh, very forthcoming, and um, didn't pull any punches. So uh, I wanted to do this uh, question and answer segment with um, with fans, and uh, I reached out to some of his old teammates because, uh, let's be honest, in this industry, the hockey industry, not the podcast industry, uh, the best stories are going to come from the teammates. So um, that was a lot of fun getting the responses back from the guys, and I think it it comes through in the show. So. Um, so Dean, I uh, I really appreciate you coming back on. Um, I know by your reaction, you were surprised by some of the questions, 
and uh, that really made me smile too. I'm smiling actually right now. So, uh, so I hope that uh, you people enjoy this episode as much as Dean and I had recording it. So uh, I would venture to guess that Dean will probably be on again at some point. It's just, um, it's just a hunch, but. Uh, I had a, a blast. I always have fun speaking to Dean, and uh, I, I'm happy now that I can share some of these conversations with you because I think he brings a lot to the table. So I hope you people enjoy this episode. The other thing I want to say is, um, you know, I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, not so active on Facebook, but I do read a lot of the stuff. And obviously, you can't avoid all the stuff going on about the coronavirus, and uh, everybody has an opinion. And not only does everyone have an opinion, but everybody is critical of everyone else's opinion who doesn't agree with them. And man, I mean, none of us have been around for something like this. I mean, we've all been around for certain things, but every day social media gets bigger and um, more opinions are out there. And it's the opportunity for people to voice their opinions. And I don't know, it's just, uh, it's a little discouraging where uh, you can't disagree with anyone anymore. Like, for me personally, I'm not in panic mode. Uh, I think that's just me in general. But I'm not going to shit on anyone who is in panic mode because this kind of thing affects every... You could take any situation and it's going to affect different people in different ways. So just because I'm not in panic mode and just because I'm not out at the supermarket buying 87,000 rolls of toilet paper... Um, I'm not going to shit on someone who is in panic mode because I don't know what their life experiences are and I don't know what they're going through at the moment. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, I just think um, a lot, I, I, this is enough to deal with. Rather, uh, So why, like, just handle your own business. And, you know, for some people, I think um, I think they use social media as a form of therapy where, where they uh, they put stuff out there and, uh, people reply and it pro- maybe it gives them a sense of relief. I don't know. But the last thing I think that person needs is for them to put themselves out there voicing their concerns and um, just how nervous they are. And then some shithead's going to be like, oh, you know, it's all it's the media. It's this. It's that. You know, what are you worrying about? Whatever. Like, I don't know what you listen. It's, it's like I always say about the media. Now, the media has their own agenda. And uh, it depends on what network you watch. So um, I don't know what to believe as far as this goes. Um, but I do know that people are dying. And I'm not here preaching to you. But um, I'm not really worried about um, the death toll of the coronavirus compared to the flu or compared to SARS or, uh, you know, fuck, I don't know, AIDS or HIV or whatever or ingrown toenails I don't, I don't really care I, I know you know Italy is uh, a place that's near and dear to me that's where my family's from and I know Italy's uh, in a real bad way right now so that's really uh, really heartbreaking and um, I hope that that doesn't end up happening here but people are dying and um, you know that affects people in different ways so I guess all I'm trying to say is uh, I don't expect people that are into politics or have been into politics for three years or so to be tolerant of other people's beliefs because why would you ever listen to anyone else's uh, argument 
uh, and then have a polite discourse when you can just attack them right out of the gate. Um, but this is something that affects us all. And um, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, if you're scro scrolling through social media and someone posts something that you don't necessarily agree with, maybe just scroll on by. Like, there's no reason to start an argument. You know, this is something that, you know, is going to affect us one way or the other. Maybe not personally, someone in your family, maybe not a friend, but it's going to it's going to affect us. So I don't know, maybe just be a little patient with people and um, be. I'm not saying you have to be sympathetic, but I don't know, just maybe cut people a break. So uh, anyway, that's my uh, that's my little soapbox thing there. I don't uh, I don't really do that too much. I like to keep it light and talk about hockey and fighting and everything so i don't know i just know that uh you know i'm 49 years old and uh, i've never dealt with anything like this where uh new york city is, is completely shut down and um places are closing left and right and i mean none of us have been through anything like this so it's all a new experience for us so everyone just be cool with each other man i mean uh I know there's a lot of assholes out there, but don't argue with people because they're upset about this. Or I mean, what 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 good does that do? But anyway, uh, I'm starting on it again. But uh, listen, just let's uh, let's try to help each other out, you know, and uh, support each other instead of trying to, you know, pile drive each other in, uh, into the ground. So um, anyway, uh, you know, God bless everybody. I, I I hope if you're listening to this, I hope that. Uh, You've been, you haven't been affected at all or minimally affected. And um, I know myself, I'm pretty fortunate. Um, you know, I work two jobs and as of right now, I still have both my jobs. And uh, I know a lot of people who have already been let go of jobs because of this. And, uh, and that breaks my heart because everyone is just trying to make a living. And, um, you know, hopefully the madness ends at some point. So, Anyway, uh, if you're tuning in, I hope you can listen for an uh, hour, hour and a half. Maybe take your mind off things and hope you have fun listening to this. And um, I don't know. Drop me a line. Let me know what you think about the show. And uh, I really appreciate uh, people, first-time listeners, uh, long-time listeners, and uh, listeners in between. You listen to some. You don't listen to all of them. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, make me a part of your day. So uh, thank you very much from the bottom of my heart. Here's 20 questions with Dean Ewan. Enjoy, people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Coliseum Chronicles, The Penalty Box. I am your host, Joe Lazito, And we have our first repeat guest. This is a milestone for this show. So once we get... Further and further down the road as the years go by, and this is the greatest show that has ever existed, a trivia question will be who is the first repeat guest, first return guest, and of course it could only be one person, that is Mr. Dean Ewan. Dean, welcome back to the Penalty Box. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Joe. You know you're not going to have me on again, because then that would be a hat trick, and I've never had one of those. <laughs> well, this is the first time for everything. <laughs> But maybe after tonight, you know, I thought, I thought during our four-hour epic session that I knew everything there was to know about you. But apparently, I was wrong. So, what? yeah, I was wrong. So I put the word out on social media that I wanted to do a uh, twenty questions with Dean Yu, and so I wanted to take questions from from the fans, from from friends, from ex teammates. And uh, I got about 25 questions, so uh, 
obviously my counting isn't great, but I'm not whittling it down. Um, so, uh, so I got some really good ones here, and there were a couple of these that I was not aware of. So, uh, well, I, I I hope I'm aware of them. Oh, I'm pretty sure that some of these will stir up some memories. I would think so. You know, so let's begin. The first two are from me. Um, something we discussed uh, after we stopped recording last time. Something that uh, you said you forgot, uh, and I did. And this is one of the things I didn't know until you told me. You told me a story about. I think it was your first camp with the Islanders or whatever it was, something, and it was the first time I, I have ever heard this expression, the Canadian tuxedo? Yeah. Can you tell that story? Denim everything. Well, okay, so, uh, I'm 17, I get drafted. Uh, really, I've been to Spokane, Seattle, places that we played. But I don't know, I, I'm, I'm as uncouth as you can be. I'm from St. Albert, Alberta. Um, so I get on, I have maybe $40 in my pocket. I have my gear. I get on the plane and I'm wearing, like I told you, the Canadian tuxedo. Jean shirt, jean uh, pants, jean coat, like jean jacket. And well, my plane gets delayed. Gets delayed, gets delayed. And I end up arriving in LaGuardia really late. Now, normally what happens is they have a van or someone there to pick you up. Well, so I land in LaGuardia, never been to New York, not a clue what to do. There's nobody there to pick me up because they already left and picked everybody else up. I was lucky enough to uh, see this guy whose fare hadn't showed up. And he sees me looking like a deer in the headlights with my hockey gear and everything. And uh, he asks, he goes, so what, uh, where are you going? So I tell him I'm going to Long Island Marriott. I have no idea where I am. I know I'm at LaGuardia Airport. I couldn't tell you where it is in relation to Long Island. Right. So I said, look, all I have is $40. That's it. That's all I have. So he goes, fine, I'll take you. Well, so he takes me all the way out there, all the way to Long Island Marriott. We pull up, and all the brass is out front. <laughs> and it, all the players are there, all the big-time players. You know, there's Hall of Famers. There's all kinds of people there. Well, I, so here comes this guy, third-round pick, out of nowhere, wearing nothing but denim everything. And I'm in a stretch limo. <laughs> 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 with a fully stocked bar and music blaring and so I get out and there's you know there's Al Arbor there's all those guys <laughs> Bill Torrey and I get I here I am this stupid little idiot who jumps out of a stretch limo <laughs> like okay yeah this I'm cut <laughs> I could just picture like if Mick was there going oh my fucking god yeah, well, the uh, thing was, Mick, I mean, Mick signed. Yeah. But, because it was the same year I got drafted. Because I remember they talked to us after the game in New West. That's the only time I talked to the Islanders. And I know they talked to Mick as well. Yeah. They pulled us through. And, uh, so, I mean, you know, I'm deer in the headlights, <laughs> but I can see all the, like, that LaFontaine and stuff was all there. I'm looking around, I'm like, good grief. <laughs> 
Kenny Morrow and and uh, uh, Nystrom standing there. Uh, what's his name? Billy Smith. Oh God. Go, yeah. Him and his toupee. Yeah. Like, like I hadn't hit anything. I didn't notice that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm sure you know Billy Smith. I'm sure you know he loved. He probably loved rookies to begin with. So I'm sure when you got out of a limo, he's probably like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" They were all saying that. <laughs> <laughs> this was a full stretch limo. This wasn't like your generic little tiny one you take to to prom. This was like a double wide. It was unbelievable. It had disco balls in it. Oh, uh, man. I was. <laughs> so, my second question uh, involves something that I'm sure was in your bag of gear. Um, do you still have the shoulder pads that you played with? And for people who are used are newer fans, you know the players nowadays wear like football shoulder pads. And uh, so, do you still have your old shoulder pads? And could you describe them to the people? Yeah, they're uh, well. They were pretty darn common back in the 60s and 70s. <laughs> They're basically like a t-shirt with a kind of, sort of maybe hard plastic shoulder pad on it that just hangs off. It's, uh... Yeah, there's not much to it. The The cool part was, uh... I broke my back once playing in Kansas City and so what they did was they took uh, in your hockey pants in the back there's an ass pad. Like, it's a big, long thing to, for your tailbone. Mm -hmm. Well, they took that out, and they just sewed it to the back of my shoulder pads, and that was my back protector for my broken back. <laughs> you know, that's that top flight. Yeah. Hey, you're you're a 50-goal scorer. Nope. You get there. <laughs> that's tremendous. So do you, still, <laughs> do, do you still have them? Yeah. All right, well, when you officially never plan on wearing them again, if you ever think about throwing them away, you send them to me. I'll, uh, I'll put them on display. Okay, here's, here's the way this works. You can either get in better shape or you can go with lighter gear. And it's much easier to cut all the padding out of your gear than it is to be able to run a marathon. I mean, it definitely is sound logic, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I, the next three questions are for someone that you know very well. Uh, Mrs. Valerie Ewan, your better half, the lovely Valerie Ewan. Oh, no. <laughs> so Val... There better not be a date in here. A no, no dates. No. I'm not putting you on the spot as far as dates go. I would never do that. That, that would probably go against bro code, I would think. Well, and you know how good I am with dates. Well, listen, I am aware. I'm just glad you know your own birthday. <laughs> so. Which, by the way, again, if anyone's listening to this and you see Dean, give him a big hug. He loves bro hugs for his birthday. So now, Dean, Val wants to know, can you name the top three things that you do that annoy her? Uh, snore, breathe, and chew. No, you got one of them right. Snoring. Okay. Correct her? <laughs> no, that's not Val exclusive. That's women. They don't like that. Dude, how could you not guess one of these? You told me one of them already. Do you have any idea how many things I do that annoy people? I'm sure there's a ton of them, but this is your woman. The top three. Yeah. 
And chewing's not on there? No. I think she lied to you. No, I don't, when I tell you the three, you definitely will not, you'll understand. I can't believe you haven't said the, you haven't said one yet. Well, it, I couldn't even get like a family feud top five answers on the board? No, you get nothing. Do you want me to tell you what they are? Yeah, I don't okay. know what the other two would be. All right, your it quote your stupid computer games. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> blowing up her phone with gifts. Oh yes. How could you not get that? What the hell? And of course, and of course, the third one was snoring. The one you got. Okay, but well, wait a sec. In defense of all men, yeah, who ever play on the computer. Okay, how do I take seriously someone who's got the TV on? a tablet, and is on their phone going, man, you spend too much time on the computer. <laughs> I mean, come on. And in defense of my gifts, I got A-game. Oh, you know. I, I, listen, 100%. I don't think she appreciates that. You are you are top-notch, and you, you bring out the best in me when we text. So I'm not saying I agree with her. I'm just surprised that you didn't guess the gifts first and foremost. Well, you know, you know, I'm not very good at technology, but gifts is gifts is my world. A hundred percent, hundred percent. So, second question, and this is the one that may get a little personal and lovey-dovey. So, if you want to pass, just say pass. Um, she said, "What are her nicknames or pet names that she has for you?" Yeah, not a gosh darn chance am I saying those on you. <laughs> well, I'll say two of the three she gave me. Which are okay. It's gonna happen. No, no, no. Listen, you think I would embed? No, I'm sure these are two that people have called you your whole life, Yui and Dino. Yes. All right. The third one I will not say. I'll tell you off the air. So that was yeah. it. Okay. Well, that one I can probably guess, but I'm not guessing it on the air. Right. Okay. Uh, the last thing she wants to know. Um, who do you love as much as her, or maybe more than her, and the kids? Oh, she's talking about the, the dog. Crimson. Crimson. Yeah, very good. Look at that. Very good. See, look at that. You're so smart. Well, even the kids, they're like, are you serious? This dog gets steak. I said, the dog talk back. The dog doesn't cost a lot of money. <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> speaking of kids, next two questions or statements come from... One of your genius sons, and I'm not saying genius in a bad way, just so everyone knows, Dean has three sons. They're all brilliant. Uh, it's unbelievable. They are so smart. You should be very proud of them. This one is from son Curtis. Curtis, Curtis said, I recommend asking my dad about the time he won a swimming competition with Grandma. Yeah. I didn't know this. Yeah. we uh, When I first started... We uh, Todd, Jay, and I, um, because in Canada you don't play hockey year-round. They encourage you to do other things, play other sports. Mm -hmm. And it actually makes you a better athlete no matter what you do. Right. Well, we were competitive swimmers. That was one of the things we did. And one of the races that they had was a family relay. Okay. So we had to teach, my, and my mom couldn't swim. She couldn't figure out the breathing part. Okay. So you had to do two laps of the pool, each person. And uh, 
Todd, Jay, and I were all pretty good swimmers. Mm -hmm. So we got as far ahead as we could. <laughs> she went last, and she went the full 100 meters without taking a breath. Oh, my God. She just put her head down and went. That's awesome. We actually won the gold medal. That's tremendous. I love that story because it involves your mom. Yeah. 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 And she took like a champ. She yeah. trained her little butt off. That's true. She took it really serious. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, Curtis um, submitted one other uh, suggestion. He said, ask dad about fighting multiple people at once while bouncing at a marina. <laughs> I don't know this one either. All right. Well, that happened twice. Okay. So it was outside of, uh, it was at Smithville Lake. There's a marina out there. I don't know if it's still there. Oh, well, wait, and how old were you? This is when I was in KC. Okay, okay. So uh, I was bouncing out there one time, and uh, <laughs> they have, you know, the dock with all the boats out and this and that. And the first time is these, I start, uh, these big group of people won't leave so I start escorting a guy and a girl out and I felt terrible because they were both really drunk mm -hmm. and but the girl was in one of those look at me dresses mm -hmm. so I'm trying not to touch her right. but I have a dress in the back and I'm just trying to guide her him I've got by the arm mm -hmm. and well she starts flailing around and her dress comes off oh god so the guy gets mad, and so I drop him. Okay. So he's got seven friends. Okay. So I, uh, I don't know how, mm -hmm. I channeled Jackie Chan, <laughs> and I was just catching guys with knees and elbows all the time coming in, and then, whatchamacallit, uh, the last guy... They're all in a pile, and the last guy tries to, I think he was going for a knife or something. I don't know what he was doing. But there was a vacuum because it was close to time to close up. Mm -hmm. So I grabbed a cord off the vacuum, and I wrapped it around his neck. And as he was on the ground with his belly on the ground, I put my foot on the back of his neck, and I slowly tried to twist his head off with the cord of the vacuum. <laughs> How the hell did you... See, and, and, and for people listening... This just goes to show that that the way Dean is, he doesn't talk about this stuff because I know pretty much everything there is to know about this guy. And this this didn't happen when you were 15. You were in Kansas City. We were, we were as close then as we are now, and you didn't tell me this. So it just goes to show that you're not one to like brag about this kind of stuff because this is the first I'm hearing about it. Well, the worst was in the fight, I broke my hand. And I didn't want anyone to know because I uh, I would have lost my contract. Because mm -hmm. you break your hand, you know how it is. If you do something that's not hockey related in the off season, you're done. They yeah. can just tear up your contract. Yeah. So I didn't want anyone to know. So I have a brace on my. Some idiot out there came up with a Roma oil. Here, put this spearmint oil on your hand. It'll fix it. Shut up. <laughs> So, <laughs> <Freaking> hippie. <laughs> so, 
you know those those blue splints with the Velcro, but they have metal on one side? Yeah. Yeah, your basic splint. Yeah. Well, this happened on, like, a Friday night. So Saturday, I come back, and I have a splint on. Well, all of a sudden, there's a, a big thing where I got to escort out in the middle of the dock, so in the marina, where there's boats and water and the docks moving, and there's big planters and crap like that. Well, there's one big guy and two smaller guys. So I take down the big guy, and while we're kind of wrestling, and I throw him in one of the planters, all of a sudden some guy, I, like, some guy comes up behind me and as hard as he can punches me in the nuts from behind. Oh, God. So I give him like a donkey kick. <laughs> Not similar. And I'm I'm kind of banging guys down and, and I'm getting and every so often this one little guy would sneak behind me and just like you see in wrestling where they just throw their arm up and hit you in the nuts. <laughs> well then some waitress uh, waitress jumped in and uh she shouldn't have. No. Yeah. I had the big guy on the ground. One guy was, one little guy was stuck head first in the planter. The other guy was in the water. And so I'm holding the big guy down, waiting for the police. And he, she tries to grab his legs for some reason. <laughs> and the guy boots her in the face. No shit. Yeah. So I don't know how it happened. Somehow the metal part of my splint went in by one of his temples and I just kind of drew a line over his eyebrows. No. And sliced open pretty good. So. Wow. You're a fucking bully. My God. No, you're coming to the rescue. So, Well, that's... Dude, a, I, I got nut punched. No, I know. I know. And, uh, oh, you know. I'm just glad you're still around. Yeah. And then somehow the team found out and I almost lost my contract. Is that right? Yeah, but I told him that uh, I'd be good to go by the start of the season. I just don't understand how I never heard about this. Secret squirrel. Fuck. All right. So that look at that. I got the family. I know that my kid knows that. <laughs> well, it's good. Listen, and you know me, I'm all about family. So I got the family questions out of the way. So now we're going to get to fans and ex-teammates. So. The first submission comes from an ex-teammate from Springfield, and this is something we discussed in our interview. It comes from Mr. Kerry Clark. So I think, ah. you, I think you know where this is going, so I'm going to read what he wrote. He said, one of the last games against Dino, he was in Kansas City, I was with the Admirals. It was my last year, and we both started with Springfield together. He was one tough player. I think when we scrapped, he took it easy on me. The game was our last game against each other. I think we already scrapped and my teammate, great guy Eric Fenton, was one of the best pests on the ice. Uh, one of the best pests on the ice I played with and was talented. Well, he got under Dino's skin and I'm thinking, oh God, here we go again. So the period ended and Dino chased Eric under the stands of Kansas City. I got to Dino in the Admiral's dressing room before he ripped Eric limb from limb in our dressing room. Thank God Dean took a step back and didn't throw me around. He was a great teammate, a ferocious competitor, and a good friend. Wow. So, so it's not really a question, but you know, I, uh, you know, we did touch on this in, the, in our interview. But when I asked these guys for something, that's what uh, 
that's what he gave. And uh, so, did you take it easy on him? I don't think so. I think he's just tough. On Sharky? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's tough. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's well, a good guy. We talked about all the ailments that he had, and, and like he played putting his life at risk all the time with that. Uh, it, it was a real shock to everyone. I, maybe we didn't talk about this, but he collapsed in the game. No, we didn't talk about this. We talked about the Fenton incident, but we didn't talk about yeah. this. Like Sharky, he collapsed in a game. I think he was, I can't remember if he was with Milwaukee or not. Um, I don't remember the team, but he was a very well-respected, well-liked guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and it spread like wildfire that he was in the middle of a shift, didn't get hit or anything, and just collapsed. Well, I guess you're... It, in your spine, you have the spinal column that pumps fluid up so you can actually, you know, function. Yeah. And his head pinched off. So, Shit. literally, he could die. And he played the rest of the year. No fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, he took, he literally took his life in his hands to finish his year up. Fuck. Well, this is yeah, something... I want to hear some of these guys who rip on guys who fight for a living. Yeah. You think those other guys would do that? That's no. how much this play. No. That's the kind of character he has. Wow. He literally gave, almost gave his life to play a game that he loves. Jesus. Oh, I never so knew all, that either. Yeah, all those spoiled little brats who I watch play hockey now who think they're entitled to be have an NHL contract and all they want to do is talk. Kerry Clark never used to talk. Yeah, yeah. Except to say, let's go. When when you were in Springfield with with Sharky and Mike Stevens, did the three of you ever discuss how you all had brothers in the NHL, but the better looking ones were all with Springfield? No, let's... no, because Pat <laughs> Stevens was the ultimate drill bust. Okay, <laughs> he, he used to drive Jimmy Roberts nuts. If there was someone who was going to screw a drill up, yeah, it was going to be him. Really. And yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. He, if you weren't supposed to do something, he would do it. He wasn't the sharpest <laughs> knife. He okay. would he he wouldn't follow the drill like a basic drill. Skate down the ice and shoot on the goal. And he'd skate down in his lane and all of a sudden try and dangle to the middle and do a deke on the goal. He's like, dude, we're all shooting. <laughs> like, get out of the way. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, so, next question is from uh, Dwayne Krause, who knows you. He was a stick boy with the Seattle Thunderbirds as a kid. And he just, he remembers you like it was yesterday because here's a common theme with you and especially the children. You treated him like gold and he said a lot of the other guys didn't have time for him. He was a kid and he just basically said how you were always so nice to him and, you know, just uh, he really appreciated that. So, um, he submitted uh, two questions. One, he said, you, in your prime versus anyone in er any era in their prime, who would you have wanted to drop the gloves with? Who would I have wanted to? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like prime you versus prime them. Just for a good fight? For whatever or you want. Then I hate it. Why not both? Well, I know when I was 16 years old, I was in a bar in Calgary. Yes, in uh, in Canada, I'm in a bar when I'm 16. 
Well, plus this uh, was this was what eighty five. <laughs> it's nineteen eighty five. So I I remember. I mean, I can't really answer the question. I'll answer it two ways. First, this one. I remember I uh, I had a couple to drink. Okay. And I'm young. Yes. Um, and the Calgary Flames are there, and they had a fighter by the name of Neil Sheehy. Yes. And this is when I was cocky. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. I hadn't been tuned up yet. Okay. So, I'm drunk, and I walk up, and I go, Hey, you're Neil Sheehy. <laughs> and he puts his chest out and his big mustache, and he's like, Yes, I am, son. I said, I'm Dean fucking Ewan. Remember the goddamn name. <laughs> oh, God. oh god almighty I can't wait to ask him <laughs> if he remembers this I can't wait to ask him and then uh, mm -hmm. he probably doesn't I was just some drunk stupid like how many drunk people come up to him I'm sure yeah, and then yeah. Was, uh, it was my first year and we played against New Haven and it was Nick Fatih was on their team yeah and I remember we push against the glass, we're kind of tied up, and I look at him, and he's got about two inches of Vaseline all over his face. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, okay, here we go. And he looks at me really calmly and says, okay, kid, here's your shot. <laughs> and we drop our gloves and square off. And all I can do is look at his hands, and I'm thinking, this is really going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the linesman jumped in, and I think he smiled and knew. But I, I, I don't know. I know it doesn't answer the question. That's okay. But the only guy I ever wanted to, I don't care if he was in his prime or not, was Rob Ray. Yeah, well, Rob Ray or, or Jimmy Roy. From uh, Manitoba? Yes. Okay. Okay. Because I remember I was on, I hadn't played all game. It's in Kansas City. I hadn't, like, I've been sitting on the bench. I'm just, And you know how that goes. You've yeah. talked enough guys. You're just... Fuming. Yeah. And your ice cold. Yeah. and you, But you don't want to fight. Yeah. You know, so most times, like if we're on, a, if I'm on a team and I know their fighter's not playing a lot, I tell the guys, leave him alone. Let him sleep. Yeah. Like just leave the guy alone. He's not, he's going to go up for his 30 seconds, then he's going to get off. Mm. Don't wake him up. So I remember the face-off's right in front of their bench. Uh, outside the blue line. So, Coach finally puts me on, and I stand there. And I hear this Jimmy Roy. You suck, Ewan. You're the worst hockey player ever. You're just terrible. You're brutal. You're this. You're the... I've never seen a hockey player who's bad as you. Yada, da da da, da. <laughs> So, I turn around, and I go, hey, I was going to try and play. Like, I was just going to put my time in and get off the ice. But mm -hmm. now, you're leaving in a wheelchair. <laughs> I'm dedicating the rest of this game to ending your career. <laughs> and he looked at me. I said, ask your coach. Your coach will put you on the ice. If you turn around and say, coach, put me on, he'll put you on. And his coach is looking at him. <laughs> he look at him. I'm like, well, you're done. If you don't get on the ice, I'm going to take somebody. Somebody's leaving in a wheelchair because you can't keep your mouth shut. So I'd like to beat him up. Okay. Well, see, that answered the question. And his um, his second question is, 
Was there a player you legitimately didn't like? Well, this might be the answer. Uh, was there a player you legitimately didn't like and wanted to fight, but maybe never got the chance? Hmm. I guess that spans the whole career, right? Yeah, I didn't, sure. Never fought Jimmy Roy. Yeah. I didn't like him. Anyone else? Um. <clears throat> well, Fenton. Yeah. But I mean, we fought, but he just held on. Right. I didn't get to beat him up. I wanted to beat him up. Right. Um, I think that would be about it. Okay. I, I'm a pretty easygoing guy. No, I know, I know. It's uh, I, And I think, you know, I mean, you played the role respectfully and everything, and uh, if there's someone you really wanted to fight and you asked, I'm sure it would have happened. You know, with, a, with another legitimate guy. You know. Well, and that was, I remember, uh, I know this is going off on a topic, but I remember, remember Frederick Oduya? Yeah. Like, this kid could fight, but he, he it's his first year in Kansas City, he comes out of junior where he's some kind of killer. And I remember he'd gone like 10 games and hadn't had a fight yet. He goes, comes over, he goes, Dean, no one wants to fight me. <laughs> I go, Freddie, no one knows who you are. <laughs> I said, you really want to fight? He goes, yeah, but no one will fight me. I said, see that guy over there? Skate up to him and say you want to fight. <laughs> who was it? Do you remember who it was? I think it was Dave Mackey or something. Okay, like yeah. Mm -hmm. No kill. And then, sure enough, he went out there and he fought him. Yeah. He, I said, that's pretty easy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Find the guy with the most penalty minutes and ask him nicely, yeah. and he'll fight you. There you go. There you go. Not hard. Uh, from Jeff, uh, his uh, Twitter handle is Jeff Islesfan7. I know Jeff, but I don't know his last name. Um, who is the one fighter who gave you the most problems? If any. Oh, geez, lots of guys. Uh, aside from Brent Severn beating the snot out of me when I was 16. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, crap. Uh, Severn's a good one. Yeah, I mean, he... Uh, boundless energy, and yeah. I didn't know what I was doing, and he thumped me pretty good. Yeah. Um... Then there was different ones, uh, like uh, you wouldn't think it, but Nathan Perot, Chicago guy. No, he's tough, man. I, I, I would. There's no shame in that. Well, no, I only fought him once, but it was like one of those Valentine's Day games where they have the funky jerseys. Oh, I remember that they they weren't. Was it your Valentine's Day or because I think they were wearing? Yeah. The, no, you know what that yeah. was? They were wearing the Indianapolis Racer throwbacks. Yeah, but it and they're like they're like pennies. Yeah, they're really flimsy. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I remember I grab on, we start throwing, all of a sudden I'm holding air. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? And it just he, I'd say he got the better of that one. He yeah. he hit me a lot, but yeah. I I mean I couldn't I couldn't grab on to anything. Right, right. Well, he's tough, so that's uh, that's okay. He's done that to a few guys. Um, probably. I don't know. I never fought any of those big guys. Just stop it. All right. Next question from my How friend. How Dave Morissette knocked out Bob Probert is beyond me, though. Are you kidding me? Listen, it happened. You fight wide open. I mean, it happens. It happens. Reminds me of, reminds me of Bob Halkidis. 
fought him once. He had, he fought Probert the night before in the NHL, got sent down. We end up, and he wrestles me. <laughs> I remember looking at him going, what the hell are you doing? You wrestle Probert and you hold, and you fight me, not the other way around, dummy. That was uh, Utah, right? He got sent down to Utah and then you fought him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, look at me. I'm like an encyclopedia of nothing. Um, I tried to sweep my leg like it's an MMA match. <laughs> I remember uh, he fought Mick uh, here on the island, and, and my friend Mike caught a picture where uh, Mick had thrown an uppercut and Hakita's helmet just popped off, and he got it just at the right angle where Halkidis' helmet is probably three or four feet above his head in the picture. And I remember years ago, I had Mick sign it, and he looks at it, he starts laughing, and he goes, Bobby the Brain. Yeah, I just, you know, it's just <laughs> things, you, things you remember, it's just great. So. <laughs> so, the next few questions are from my friend Tony, lives out west, western Canada. Uh, he's a big fan of yours. He'd like to hear who you thought were the toughest guys when you played with uh, Kansas City, like I guess the opponents in the IHL at that time. Who were, who'd you think were the tougher guys? Oh, um, crap! Now you're really stretching it to see who was in the league then. Well, I mean, you know, you were there for a few years, and you know. Uh, well, well, there was Mac. Yeah. Uh, there was Mac. I remember one time there was, I think, like I told you to ask him about it, but I, I, I distinctly remember him. McKenna and Matt Johnson being on the same line. I did ask him about it. That was not that was not the case. I don't think I it was trying to line up against them. All right, well then you guys can fight it out again. I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't think it, he didn't think it was like Matt Johnson. He didn't think it was Matt Johnson. He thought it was someone else. It was else. Matt Johnson. I remember because it was like an offensive line. <laughs> I line up Max playing center. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, are we going to have a jump ball? Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad line. I got Frederick Nielsen and JF Contain, and he's got <laughs> not Jan Shaloon. No, no, I didn't get to play with Jan. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, Buchanan was always tough. Indianapolis, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. and you know. Uh, I don't think there was any real killers that I thought, but there was a lot of, like, everybody had somebody. Well, it doesn't have to be guys you fought, even if you didn't fight them. Like, I guess guys around the league who were, you know, the upper tier guys. Well, you had, like, Frankie the Animal by Lois was in Indy. Yeah. Um, that Troy Frederick for Detroit, I think he ended up going up with Tampa. Oh, Kyle Friedrich. Kyle Friedrich. Yep. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. He was a beast. Mel Engelstad was just starting to get his groove on. Yeah. Um, and I know I'm forgetting. That's okay. You're an old guy now, so. I know. You know, yeah. the memory goes. Well, he, he wanted me to ask you about two guys uh, who you didn't mention, which is good because this way it uh, means two more questions. Um. Rhett Trombley, he said he looked scary and uh, and was tough. What would you think about Rhett? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he was uh, he was a big guy. Yeah, 
Um, he did a lot of good things against a lot of good guys. I mean, he ended up going to the National Hockey League. No, he didn't. Uh, yeah, I think he went up with Florida for a little bit. Not a he didn't play any regular season games. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was big. Yeah. Uh, and then, I, I mean, I ended up fighting him a lot. Yeah, you, uh, you said when you when you went to Colorado, you thought maybe you'd play, and then all the every team you played had a guy like Red Trombley, who you know it was like your days from the IHL. Yeah, I, and I think I don't know. Uh, some guys tend to get smaller. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but yeah. they tend to get smaller and a little weaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, by the end of his career, he, you know, he played the role a lot, but mm. I don't think he was the fighter that he was when he was younger. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that was him. Mm. I mean, I, the, the thing is, you knew you had to fight Rhett. Yeah. Uh, but there are certain guys that are just, like, they'll... He wasn't an intimidating presence in regards to like a four check. Okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Like you you want to be able to. Mick Vicotti used to say it all the time. He goes, "You run the skilled guys and you fight the fighters." Mm-hmm. But you got to be able to get in and make the hit to make something happen. Right. So. Okay. I hope that answers the question. Sure. And then he wanted to know if you ever had any run-ins with Kerry Toporowski. Yeah. Yeah, I fought him. Yeah. So. What'd you think? Uh, I, where was he? I think he was in Vegas. He was in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I didn't yeah. see his best. Well, the problem the problem is the fights are on video, but they're in Vegas. A lot of times they didn't zoom in, so you can't really tell. Uh, you know, like even though I watch it a bunch of times and it's out there, so he's probably seen it too. You just can't really tell. I mean, uh, no disrespect to the guy. I mean, we yeah. only fought once. Yeah, okay. Uh, mm. But, I mean, he's a spoke guy. Yeah. Same reason, and they said he was the toughest guy to ever come out of spoke or whatever, and then they said the same thing about Kevin Sawyer. So, you, yeah. you kind of have to, you know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. You know. And we, and we all know the toughest guy to come out of Spokane is Steve Junker. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, and I'm not making fun of him. You played with him, so it's okay. It's a, it's all in good fun. Yeah. I don't want anyone to say, "Oh, Steve." I and the only reason why I even brought him up is because I when they put Mick in the, uh, uh, their thirty top players in thirty years, Junker went in with him too. So he's still fresh on my mind from when I spoke to Mick. So, and you know, get him, get his name out there a little bit. There you go. Next, yeah, no, I, I I didn't think. He wasn't the scariest guy I've ever fought, but right. from uh, from what I understand, he was the kind of guy who would just lose his mind and stay on the ice for 20 minutes and sucker guys and just go crazy. Well, I think he earned every bit of those 500 penalty minutes in that uh, I'm not season. Diminishing anything that the guy did, it's just it seemed like he would he would just other than that he just played. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, like he was really he wasn't a big hitter. He just kind of played. There was never any reason to. Mm-hmm. I just kind of went looking for that one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I I can't remember who I was who I was with when I fought him. Uh, I think San Diego. 
Well, we had a pretty tough team. Yes, yes. Like Bawa Drager, who yeah. turned into a He-Man. Danny was there too, right, I think? Yep, Danny Lambert. Mm-hmm. The uh, the aforementioned Brian Sullivan. The aforementioned Brian Sullivan. <laughs> Miles O'Connor. Yeah, Miles Oh, wasn't uh, Jason Marshall there too? Yep. yep. Yeah, you did have a pretty tough team. Robin Bawa. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah. Uh, next question from former teammate in Seattle, Tom Sprague. Uh, Tom says, in his last season of junior in Seattle, he man- Dean manhandled every heavyweight in spectacular fashion. And there were real heavyweights in our league that went on to great NHL careers. And Dean was always smiling and laughing without a care in the world. It was very impressive to be around. Tom was always curious if there was anyone that gave you any kind of anxiety during that season, because if there was, you never showed it. Actually, a guy I never fought, but I knew he was tough, but he didn't really look for it, Mm -hmm. was Jim McKenzie. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's given a lot of guys anxiety. Well, I mean, I didn't panic over him, but it was like, I. it's one of those guys, like, you're like, if we go, I mean, I grabbed him by the mustache. Oh, you did? Yeah, he had a foo. We were mm-hmm. behind the net, and I just kind of grabbed him by the mustache. <laughs> but, uh, no, not my last year. Yeah. Not a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, like, certain guys, I just didn't even know who they were. Yeah. Yeah, but by then in Seattle, you had you had been through the league a few times. So, but yeah, uh, I, I think that was his point, just about how you kind of just did it, and it didn't seem like anyone kind of get you know some guys it really gets in their head, and I guess you really didn't let it get to you. Well, it's, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. I'm the most self-aware, <laughs> so that, that kind of goes hand in hand. Understood. Understood. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, next question. Another former teammate, Peter Zerba. Uh, oh, he wa- he wants to know when he got called up. Were you scared of getting sent down? Terrifying. Because <laughs> he came in and just flexed, and I knew I was in trouble. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. He said. Um, he said uh, it's guys like you that make the game what it is today. Uh, on ice and off ice, he has much respect for you. So, I appreciate it. Zerb was great. Yeah. He's a little tiny guy, but I honestly thought he was about 6'6", 240. That's awesome. Oh, he played that way. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Anyone, anywhere, anytime. Mm-hmm. And could play. Yep. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Great guy. So, <laughs> your next ex-teammate, he didn't, uh, he didn't leave a question. But I do want to read to you exactly what he wrote. This is from Scott Humanuck. Okay? <laughs> oh, my. oh, great. What's this? He said, he said, ahahaha, I can, because I asked him if he has any good stories about you or anything he could share. So he said, ahaha, I can, but I can't say anything because it's on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there you go. So I had to tell you that one. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we were together in Spokane. Mm-hmm. So I figured yeah, you'd, yeah. I, f- I figured you'd like that. Yeah, so. yeah, he's a beauty. 
<laughs> All right, next is from my friend uh, Chris. Chris Naples' name, big fan of yours. He said, in Dean's rookie season in the dub, he played under two of the most legendary coaches of the 70s and 80s, uh, WHL folklore, Patty Janelle and Ernie McLean. Both known for icing some of the toughest teams ever and using wild intimidation at every available opportunity. In Dean's sophomore season, he started in the West under Punch McLean, meaning he had one training camp with Janelle in E586 and one with Punch in 86-87. These guys were at the tail end of their long coaching careers and might have mellowed a bit by then. What were the similarities and differences in coaching styles and training camps under these two coaches? Uh, similarities, accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, with some other coaches that I've had from that old school era, uh, they all had a common theme. If you're not going to fight, don't talk. Okay. Like, you know how you see guys chirp a lot? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about what you say, and everyone puts on a big show, and they hated that. They hated it. They said either fight or line up and play the game. Yeah. Um, that was the similarities, uh, which is, I mean, I enjoy that style. I think you do as well. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. You know, it, you've talked to Mick and, and all the other guys that you've had on, and and they all kind of played that same way. Yeah. Uh, you, it wasn't about, ooh, I got that guy with a good comeback, because especially yeah. in that world, it's, you know, F you, F you, fight. Right. You know, you didn't even have to be mean. You could just say, hey, yeah. do you want to? Right, exactly. <laughs> well, especially back then in the Western League. Yeah. Um, differences were the drills. Like the voodoo we talked about. Yeah. Um, and basic, another similarity, basic fundamentals. Like filling lanes, moving gaps. Uh, places you play with the puck. I, they were a lot more similar, and they didn't change. Like, mm-hmm. they still had a great passion for the game. Okay. They just didn't like to take a backward step. Yeah, I bet. I'm, I'm sure a lot of coaches back then, uh, well, coaches in general, but I, I think the hardcore guys, especially from back then, there was no backward step ever. Well, no, but they also looked at it. I mean, now, then you started moving into, and I never played for them, so I don't know. I just go from what I hear, but guys like Hitchcock mm-hmm. or or we'd bring college coaches in who where it would become, you know, all of a sudden you had to be the reinvent the wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember Ernie used to say, take the long wooden thing, hit the round rubber thing into the big red square. <laughs> it's very, that's very simple. You, you know, it's, it's not a bad, it's not a real complicated game. No. Yeah, there's little nuances that come with it. But when you turn around, if you make a mistake, everyone makes a mistake. If you didn't make a mistake, every game would be 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah. So if you make a mistake, back check. It's the same thing in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, uh, and then you can work off that. But if you work on that, if you have those things pounded into you, the rest of the game becomes just easy. That makes sense. Um, he wanted to know: Did any, did either of them encourage fights in camp to establish a pecking order, or was the attitude more to save it for the preseason? Never ever went into a camp where they said they were looking to fight. Okay. Either one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, camps were 
I don't know if you're a big boxing fan, but you probably, you know, Tommy the Hitman Hearns and all yep. those guys. I know the Detroit. names, yep. Uh, how they came from Kronk Gym in Detroit, yep. and it was legendary for how they used to kill each other in sparring. Mm -hmm. Guys just came into camp for them knowing that that was going to happen. Right. Like, you you had to show that you weren't going to be taken advantage of. Okay. But they never asked you to do it. Right, okay. Um, uh, like they never forced anything. Okay. What was the wildest thing you either saw happen or heard about happening with Punch outside of the I story and the preseason brawl with Seattle and Janelle behind the bench? So I guess aside from the I thing and the preseason brawl, any other wild thing with Punch and then anything wild with uh, Patty? Well, those are the best stories. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, listen, I know that, but, you know, some people can't get enough of your stories. Not so much with Janelle. Yeah. Um, it was actually really reserved. Mm -hmm. um, Punch liked to drink. Okay. As did all old coaches. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> trying to think what I could say. Uh, yeah, I don't want uh, I don't want anyone coming down on the hockey culture. So if uh, you know, let's uh, I don't want anyone getting in trouble here. No, yeah, he uh, he. Let's just put it this way: mm -hmm. he used to love going across the American border, and we could never use the bathroom on the way back up. Why? Because it would be filled with stuff. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Understood. You gotta, you gotta hold it, boys. Sorry. Uh, oh man, oh, man. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah, I, I'm realizing this is more not. Some of these are questions, but it's almost like half questions and half this is your life. So, um, the next like the, like the best border story is the one I, I I think I told you about this one where the. I wasn't playing for them, but Seattle didn't get their, the Thunderbirds didn't get their visas for all their players. Okay. So they were trying to get over the border, so the idiot GM or whoever it was at the time tried to, told the guys to get off the bus and sneak across the border, <laughs> and he picked them up on the other side. By and foot? Go, on foot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh. yeah, good call, dummy. Was this before so, or after you were in Seattle? This was way before. Oh I, I was in New West my first year, and they got caught. So then every single time Seattle went across the border, even when I was there, they would tear the buses apart. Oh, my God. That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> he told them to across the border. God, <laughs> At the border between, like, when you're going between Seattle and anywhere in Vancouver. Yeah. It's one of the biggest borders, in, like, in the two countries. <laughs> you know, like, there's massive yeah. amounts of people there. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's only a battalion of people <laughs> on ahead. Yeah, dodge and weed your way through that, boy. <laughs> so, uh, next is from someone who I, I'm actually really looking forward to talking to, and, and I think we've, we've discussed why, is Dave Chazowski... And the real the reason is is because like I always say, I always remember him smiling like a, a goofy kid, and he just every time I saw him, like he just made me smile. Like I just I, I love the guy, so I can't wait to talk to him. But he said 
And he goes, it's been 30 years since I played with him, and I drank too much to remember anything funny. I know he giggled a lot, and you'd never know that about him on the ice. So, a lot of people brought up how you giggle. Everyone loves the giggle, by the way. What giggle? <laughs> Go back and listen. You'll hear the giggle. Everyone, I swear to God, everyone mentions that. It's awesome. I know I know. Mac has mentioned it, and, and obviously Chiz mentioned it here, but... Uh, you know, but no, I, I love him. I'm glad he. I'm glad he said that. So, um, <laughs> next one, sticking with Capital District, uh, Dean Trebojevic. Okay. Oh, Turbo. Turbo. So he said, "I love that guy. I don't remember any real fun. Oh, clear your throat, by the way. I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need clear pipes for this one. Just so you know." Um, I don't remember any real funny things with him. It seemed we goofed around so much and we laughed all the time. We had some laughs talking about WWF wrestling. But I can't remember what his best imitation was. Either Macho Man or the Hulkster. Ask him to do an impression. That should be funny. <laughs> I don't even remember, dude. <laughs> Come on. Well, can you summon one up now for us? Oh, they sound like the same guy. <laughs> we used to... Uh, Come on. Like, I, I played with Paul and Chuck, who his warm-up was to play with the Hulkster and Macho Man Randy Savage on a chair. That's what I was stretched. He'd have wrestling <laughs> matches. This massive guy with a beard going, oh, stay away from me. <laughs> um, I, I, I won't put you on the spot, but I figured that... that yeah, I, I, I can tell you a wrestler's story. Sure. I remember... Uh, Todd was having a tough time, and I flew out after a junior season. It was after his first year here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. um, so I come out here, and some bad stuff happened for Todd where he just needed to get out of town. So we decided to go to Venice Beach. Okay. So we just jumped in his Jeep and drove to Venice Beach mm -hmm. in California. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and I'm too young to do anything, and he's old enough to go into bars. So we're just chilling out, and I go down to the local store, and uh, this big caddy pulls up, and it's, for the wrestling fans, it's superstar Billy Graham. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, I remember I walked up, and I'm like, holy crap, that's superstar Billy Graham. And I think I thought I was thinking it, but I actually said it. <laughs> And he just turns around and he goes, Thank you, brother. <laughs> I was like, Oh, hey, there we go. Oh, I guess he was always in character. Yeah, he was broken down. Man. Yeah. Two kings. Yeah. He was uh, still a big dude, but. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was a legend. I mean, I guess, he's, I guess you don't ever stop being a legend unless you do something stupid, but. I mean, that was. Billy Graham is like when I first started watching it, it was like. Superstar Billy Graham, Bruno San Martino, uh, those guys. Those were uh, like two and legends back then. And it was greatest athlete, Iron Mike Sharp. Oh, can't, definitely. Definitely. That's like, <laughs> he how did he never... tape on his arm? Yeah, how did he never get a stamp? How did... How, you're Canadian. How did Iron Mike Sharp never get a Canadian stamp? I have no idea. Yeah. Absolutely. That's kind of like the Animal Steel. And, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But, those are the good old days. Uh, next question is from Derek Elliott. Can you ask Dean his thoughts on Barry Potomsky? Now, you played 
Uh, you probably played against him in three different leagues, no? I know in the I and the West Coast League. When you did, because uh, he was with Adirondack when you were with CDI, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, so you got three different leagues worth. And I think he's one of the guys, I think he got better as he got older. But Derek doesn't want to know what I think about him. Yeah, no, he did. He was yeah. he was tough. Uh, again, like he put down Jim Kite. Yeah, he could he could hit. Um, I, I mean, he passed away, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he passed away. Yeah. Yeah, he was on the treadmill or something. I mean, he was a nice guy. I remember. Yeah. I remember one of the the first times we fought in the West Coast League. He was playing in San Diego, mm-hmm. and I was playing in, in Colorado Springs. And so we square off, and we start wrestling and throwing a couple punches here and there, and all of a sudden I could tell the Colorado air has him. He's oh. done. Mm-hmm. And I look at him, and I smile, and he goes, what? What are you smiling at? And I said, welcome to Colorado, motherfucker. <laughs> Did that, you know, I never asked you that. How... How long did it take you to get used to that air? It's tough. Yeah. You really, you always seem tired, or I did. Yeah. Um, but then you'd go down to sea level in San Diego or whatever, and you could skate forever. Yeah. So much oxygen. It's like, holy crap. But it usually takes about, uh, I think, a good month yeah. for your body to, to assimilate to it. So. Wow. Yeah. No, he was, he was, I'll tell you what, he was honest. Yeah. There's only one fight that I think we had where I wasn't real happy with him. I, I scored a goal, I put my hands up, and he dropped his gloves. Like, really? I can't even <laughs> celebrate a goal? I get one entry and you, I got a fight? Well, you know, yeah, I think I have that one on uh, video. So that was with, uh, he's with Phoenix, I think, at the time. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Uh, next question is from a former goalie teammate of yours, Paul Cohen. <laughs> you remember Cohen from Springfield? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he said, the memory that comes to mind was one of your tilts uh, where he had a front row seat right in front of uh, his crease. As you were throwing bombs, you looked over to me and said, how am I doing, Cole? <laughs> Do you re- There's no chance you remember that, right? I don't remember who the guy was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he said you were a great teammate. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was you, young you. That was young uh, Springfield version of you. So uh, that must have been hilarious. Oh, boy. Yeah, young cocky me. All right. So now we have four questions left submitted by two guys. Mick Vakoda asks... If you had to pick one of the pole twins from the Portland Winterhawk days to drive across country with, which one would it be? Oh, <laughs> uh, Now, that was Troy and Trevor, right? Yeah. And one, and one of them is the one you fought in the penalty box in Portland, correct? Yeah. So it would probably be the other one. Yeah, I'm not sure which one was which. I think I fought... Troy more than Trevor. I think you're right. I think you're right. So would it be uh, Trevor? Sure. Do they have a sister? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 
We'll find out. All right. So, got three more questions left from uh, your friend and mine, Mr. Mike McWilliam. Okay, back daddy. All right. Dean, have you ever been used by someone as an extra arm during an altercation? <laughs> also, what exactly was your brother Todd doing while all this was occurring? <laughs> so I guess I guess we have to tell this story. Yeah, because this doesn't ring a bell. Because he didn't, didn't want to tell it. Okay. How it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, Todd Mack and I lived together um, one year. You can imagine that. We rented a house. <laughs> Gosh. Three of us. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, uh, one of the bars that we bounced at, and when we weren't bouncing, we just kind of went around, was called, it was two bars. And it was called Chicago Tonight's, and the tavern was Mugs and Jugs. <laughs> Mugs and Jugs? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um... So we're driving around once, and I don't know what happened, but we ended up getting cut off or whatever, and some guy flagged us like, hey, come on, let's... So we got angry, and he pulled up... So we're in a tr we're in Max truck, and these guys are in a car, and they pull up right in front of Chicago tonight. So Max goes around them, then pulls up kind of half on the sidewalk. Now... Mac had had one of his 900 shoulder surgeries. Yes. His mm. arm's in a sling. So he jumps out, runs over, and grabs the freaking driver and goes to hit him and realizes his arm's in a sling. <laughs> yes, of course. So four times, this guy's in a panic. And <coughs> he keeps flexing, flexing, and I go, Mac! He goes, what? And I reach over his shoulder, and I just drill this guy, and I cut him wide open. <laughs> He's like, hey, thanks a lot. <laughs> and I can't remember if Todd beat the guy up in the other seat or was trying to pick up a girl. Maybe both. It, it could have been, because he, uh, out of the three of us, he definitely was the suave one. Well, and plus, beating up the guy could also lead to stealing the girl. Yeah, there was no girl in the car. It was three dudes. Oh, okay. They, they lost in a hurry. I bet. And I do remember the owner of the bar came out and goes, Really, guys? <laughs> really? <laughs> Surprised he didn't say, Take this to mugs and jugs. <laughs> well, see, I, I actually got... Mac was the one who was bouncing first. At the, so he knew everybody. Okay. And he would get me in there. And I, I was only 16. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, there's another 16-year-old story at Dean's car. I'm telling you, um, it's amazing. So I remember there was a bouncer, and he was 26 years old. And I'd had a couple drinks, and I looked at the owner, and I said, if I beat that guy up, can I have his job? And he said, sure. So I waited till after work, and I beat the guy up and got his job. Well, and listen, that's a tremendous callback, because if you remember, we discussed this when you were with uh, Kansas City... In Sharks Camp, where you had said, I think it was about Doty, if I beat him up, can I take his job? Do I get his contract? Yeah, do I get his yeah. contract? And unfortunately, that time, he said no. Yeah. It'd be, it would have been better if the guy at the bar would have said no, and uh, whoever the GM was would have said yes. Well, that was Wiley was the coach who came up and talked. Jim Wiley. Oh, Jim Wiley, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. And I remember that. 
I love yeah. that. I love you have this. Uh, you're very quick with the negotiation. Well, uh, I'm a simple guy. Yeah, no, I, I know <laughs> tremendous stuff. All right, second uh, item from Mac. It is rumored that the closest you ever came to fighting both your brother Todd and Mikey McWilliam at the same time was over a pair of spoons. Can you explain? Oh, good grief. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I, I, remember, I can't remember if I was doing something with the spoon. Okay. All right, we'll discuss this when we hang. Oh, and uh, we uh, turn off the recorder. Beat me up all the time. Say that again. I think I'm mad at me because Matt could play instruments and do all the soundboard and stuff like that. Yeah. Todd could could play instruments and all that, and they used to get mad because I wouldn't sing. <laughs> oh, I would have loved to see that. Well, because we'd have we'd have you know big shock. We'd have a party at the house. Hmm. Like, uh, Todd had his NHL money, so we rented, like, a 20-man hot tub. Oh. And <laughs> God, I wish they had... If they had reality TV back then and they set up a camera in that place, it would have been unbelievable. Oh, dude, it's the unknown comic, the ultimate gong show. Oh, my God. Um, so they set up all their music stuff downstairs, and they want to... Like, they want to show all these people that they could play music. Why? Well, mm -hmm. Heck, I couldn't play a recorder. <laughs> I have absolutely zero music ability. Okay. And so they're like, sing, Dean, sing. Like, no. Like, have you ever kicked a cat? Like, <laughs> no, I'm not going to sing. <laughs> they would out at me because I wouldn't sing. <sighs> that was great. All right, so hopefully, now this is the last question. It's, uh, it is the last installment of 20 questions. I'll call it 20 plus questions. With Dean you and the last question, and I hope you react to this one like you did the last one, because if I would have known that, I would have saved that one for last. But, have you ever insulted someone in a fully packed movie theater because of a tragically bad haircut? <laughs> <laughs> I've insulted a lot of people. Well, I, I, I guess we're talking about someone specific here. Well, now, keep in mind... Keep in mind now. This is I, I'm assuming this is around the time where you guys were still in New West, and there were a lot of. Well, was this pre mullet? I'm trying to think. No, I, you got. See now, you're going to have to get Mac on here and ask him which specific time he's talking about, because if he really wants to bring up embarrassing stuff, <laughs> he's got a haircut once that I had a name for. Okay. And you're going to have to ask him about that. Okay. That could be. What all right, so, now, <laughs> but I'm not going to bring that up. Okay, but now, now was yeah. there enough? So, do you think that is what he's talking about, or was there something else he may have been talking about? Well, or do you feel confident that he's talking about his haircut? It, it could be, but there's a good chance it was someone. Like there was one time, I remember we went in Chicago tonight's, and there was this guy on the dance floor there's really nobody there this is how stupid i was like i was an idiot and this guy's on the dance floor with like six girls and he's just shredded looks like a bodybuilder mm -hmm. and he's got one of those those really tight tank tops okay 
So he's not hurting anybody. Like, he's not doing anything wrong. He's dancing with a bunch of girls. Mm-hmm. But I'm a moron and I want to fight. What's wrong with you? So I walk up in the middle of the dance floor and I spit in his face. Oh, boy. And I square off with him. Mm-hmm. And he goes, stop it! <laughs> and I'm like, okay, over. <laughs> and I remember the bouncer Guido comes up and goes, "You gotta go, man." I'm uh, like, "Yeah." Well, you really, you know, I remember um, one of the tapes, many tapes that you had given me was uh, a feature that was done when you were with Seattle. No, it was. Yeah, I guess so. It wasn't the feature on the bus. It was when you were doing the interview with uh, Carlos, I guess. And you referred to yourself as an impetuous little mutant, and you weren't lying. Well, when I was young, I was, I was happy. I was a happy guy. Mm-hmm. I was a great drunk. Everyone else was a dick. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, like, uh, one of my favorite tricks, like, this is, I was a dick. I mean, there's no way to go around. I was, when I was drinking, I was, a, I don't drink, and you know I don't drink. Anymore. Right. Uh, but I was a dick. Okay. Uh you know when a guy's in a bar and he's talking to a girl and he's holding a drink, so his arms at like a ninety degree angle. Yeah. I used to walk up behind guys that push their elbows so they get the drink all over the girl. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> and see who would turn around and fight. Oh, did anyone ever take you up on it? Yes, once here in St. Louis, Todd snuck me into a bar. Okay. Uh, which was owned by a mobster, oh. a hitman. Yeah. Okay. So I go in, and Todd said he was just he was just shaking his head because all you can see is all these drinks going up in the air. It's just me walking through a crowd, smacking people on the elbow. <laughs> so <laughs> I make it. <laughs> oh God. Like, and my problem was I used to go for the guy. I wasn't a bully. Mm-hmm. I used to go for the guys in the boys' husky t-shirt. You know those. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It, gold chains and they're wearing a shirt that's eight times too small to show how much those guys just used to drive me nuts I mean I'm not saying you were wrong I mean if those were your targets then I don't think uh, anyone can blame you well I remember uh, so I make it all the way up to the balcony of this place and all of a sudden I hit this one guy and he turns around and he wants to go and the next thing I remember he's holding on to the base of a table well, I have one of his legs in the air, and I'm trying to kick him in the head. And all I hear is, duck! And I duck, and Todd comes flying over the top and just drops some guy who was going to suck him. Oh, shit. And then I end up in the back of a police car. And then Todd played the whole, I'm a St. Louis Blue, and they let me go. Wow. Well, that is, uh, that is a great story, but I just want to go back to the, to the original question. Can you narrow it down as far as the bad haircut goes? Because Mac was very specific, saying it was in a movie theater. Can you give me a hint? I mean, I don't know. No, that's it. No, I'm saying when you were talking about his haircut, and like you, you just mentioned. I don't. I don't. I don't think that was in a movie theater. I okay. think he just came. He just came back from getting his haircut. <laughs> <laughs> and well, and listen, Mac I, has. I, I got I to tell you, yeah. if you go back. Mm-hmm. And look at the old fight tape to Mac. 
he didn't always have the Samson locks. Right. Like, now he's got the flowing hair. He didn't always have the flow. <laughs> he, had a, he had a different kind of haircut. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not... What I'm going to do is I'm not going to ask him. I'm going to wait for him to hear this, and then I'll wait for his... So, Mac, if, if you're listening to this, obviously we need to have some sort of clarity here on the uh, the movie theater haircut thing. So please um, please shed some yeah. light on this. We're trying to narrow down some stories of one of the all-time stupid people, human beings in the world. <laughs> Actually, I do some really dumb stuff. Oh, but that you know what? That's what makes you so lovable. Not not as bad as Kurt Wolf. Who? Kurt Wolf was the guy we played with at New Westminster. Okay. Who? Uh, <laughs> you can ask Mac about this. He had long hair, but then for some reason, I think it was Ernie decided that all the guys had to shave their heads or something. Okay. And so he buzzed his hair, and he looked just like Tweety Bird. Oh, God. Like, just like Tweety Bird. Well, we're out, surprisingly enough, as a team drinking, and he goes home and climbs into bed with his billets. With the billets, meaning the couple. Yeah. Like, he got in between the, the husband and the wife and started rubbing on the wife. Come on. And I think she was, like, like tipping 260. She was not a small lady. Okay. Super nice, but not a small lady. But the husband, it's not like tea with Miss McGill. The husband's there. Yeah, but they're trying to wake him up. They're <laughs> like, wolf. Wolfie, and he's like, oh, this is so good. And they're like, Wolfie, you're in the wrong bed. <laughs> oh, so he wasn't trying to get fresh. He just didn't know where he was. He didn't know where he was, but he was rubbing against something. He had the greatest line, too. I remember it was that same night, there was this girl that, you know, the one who thinks she's all that, and all the guys are hitting on her, right? Right. And she, she, thinks, well, she thinks she's all that. Right. Well, Wolfie walks up with his Tweety Bird head, and you can see the look of disgust on her face. And he goes, hey, baby, you want to dance? And she goes, oh, I don't think so. And he goes, that's all right. I had to take a shit anyhow. <laughs> oh, my God. And hopefully, hopefully some of the ex-players listening to this who know him uh, are really appreciating the memories of him. It's a great... Uh, Wolfie was awesome. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, that concludes 20 plus yeah. questions with Dean Ewan. Now, what I think I might do, I might reach out to Mac and see if I can get him to just record the haircut story. But if I can't, maybe uh, he can uh, via text explain this. But uh, I'm going to. I'm, get, I'm not going to have. I have questions for him. Does he remember the name? When he came home and we were talking about his haircut, because he asked me how it looked. Okay. <laughs> he, he's going to be really mad at me when you tell him. Well, hopefully he listens to it and just goes, oh, my God. So, <laughs> so all right. So, I'm not going to have an extended goodbye here because I, wanna, I want to stop recording. And I want to <laughs> see if you know the nickname that uh, Val has for you. Uh, and I'm dying to know if you can guess it, because you know it's kind of like uh, match game, not match game. Uh, love. I, I I know what it is. I'm just not going to say it. Well, that's why I wanted I want to stop recording, so then I so then I can ask you and you can tell me. So.
So yeah, well, I know I know the greatest hockey name ever. The greatest hockey real name or nickname? <laughs> real real team name. Oh yeah. All right. So for everybody <laughs> out there, I'm gonna this he Dean he just he texted me this last week and uh, he told me Google this. So I was a little nervous to Google what it was. And uh, but then when I googled it, it was very funny. So uh, if you guys want to laugh, Dean, tell everyone what they should Google. Uh, the Rhode Island School of Design, R I S D. Uh, they have a hockey team called the Nats. So, N A T S. Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure most of my listeners know what Nats are. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're all on the same maturity level, so I'm pretty. I'm pretty if, sure. if you really, if you really want to laugh, go R I S D Nads mascot. <laughs> yeah, don't give that away. Don't give that away, unless you want to give away the name, but don't give any description away. <laughs> no, that is, and this is a real life team. Yeah, this is not. This is actually a team right now that's current and playing. Yeah, it's incredible. I, I got to tell you, I was nervous to Google it, and when I did, I almost uh, pissed myself laughing. So it was it's definitely worth the Google. It's the expansion name for Seattle. That's what it should be. It, well, I'm going to still go with Totems, which is kind of along the same line if you think about it, but uh, it's definitely better than Kraken. It's not as good as Test Eagles. No. All right. So listen... <laughs> So I would like to thank you again for joining me for 20 questions. And well, you, um, What's that? It's a thank you for having me. Anytime, anytime. And um, I, I, already uh, got for, I got my question for Mick. You got a question for Mick? Yeah. Does okay. he remember what he gave me for the club kit Christmas present for our, our team? We had a team thing where you had to do gag gifts. Okay. And he got me, and he gave me a gift. Now, is this in, this is in Spokane? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Mac, Mike McWilliam, and Mick Vakoda, uh, you have homework. So, uh, so please uh, answer these questions. Uh, put it on. Tw- you're both on Twitter. Put it on Twitter, and uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm yep. anxiously awaiting the answers. Yes, uh, it was a it was a bag of something. Okay. Don't give away too much. I'll give a hint. So maybe leave, it, remember. leave it at bag. Okay. All right. So thank you again. And, thank you. Uh, and uh, I'm going to say we'll talk soon, but we're, we're going to talk once I hit stop recording. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure. And um, I guess that's it. All right. All right. Brother. All right. Hang on. My thanks once again to Dean for coming on and doing that. That really was a lot of fun. Uh, And judging by the amount of giggles on his end, I know he had fun with it too. Uh, Thank you to everybody who submitted questions. And um, I got to get in touch with some of these uh, teammates that didn't want to really go into things. So um, I really appreciate it. And by the way, uh, Mike McWilliam and Mick Vakoda, Consider yourselves called out by Dino on that one. So uh, hopefully uh, you will give me an explanation uh, on Twitter. Or if it's something that maybe is not for public consumption, then just shoot me a text. But I am interested to know 
exactly what Dean is talking about. So please reach out as soon as possible because patience is not one of my strong suits. So um, anyway, I got a few irons in the fire as far as next week goes. And um, hopefully that comes to fruition. I know every week I say the same thing. I hope, I hope, I hope. But uh, work schedules of my uh, my work schedules and the guys' work schedules, sometimes they don't always coincide. So um, I know I have one lined up uh, for next week. That would probably be released two Mondays from now, which uh, is something I'm really pumped to do. Uh, but if the one that I'm thinking about for next Monday comes to fruition, then that's going to be uh, awesome. So, uh, I know I'm, uh, really talking in circles here and I'm not giving you much, but, uh, just know that if this all happens, it's going to be pretty awesome. So once again, thank you, Dean. Thank you to everyone who submitted a question, Mick and Mac. It's, uh, you're up now. Let's go. Uh, let's get an answer. And, um, guys, again, be safe out there. It's a crazy time. So, uh, just, uh, be careful and, you know, hug your family and, um, you know, that's about it. So have a great week, folks. Thank you.